Hello, welcome to another edition of Up It All Eyes, the QPR podcast, this bloody freezing. Right, this week we've got um, a newbie and two old-timers. The newbie is Joel... How do you say your surname again? Joad Lawira. Joad Lawira. I'm sorry, because I didn't want to say it and seem like I'm being rude, because I, I get everyone's name wrong, and I do apologise, mate. It's, it's not that it's hard fine. to say. It's I'm an fine. idiot. It's as simple as that. Jacob, see what I mean? Jacob Tingle from America. Always welcome. Glad to be here again. I was going to say, nodding your head in the podcast doesn't work, mate, but thanks anyway. Um, uh, it's your man's back. Dunstan Bentley. You all right? Hello, everyone. How are we all? Just to let you know, he just asked me and George if it was cold in Blighty because he's flying back today. It's 70 degrees, mate. You'll love it. I'll, I'll bring my shorts. You might get a freaking gear the way things are going. Now, Jewett, your dad is out in the World Cup. And for people who don't know, your dad is QPR granddad, as is, he's affected no one, or Samburo men, so people who, Samburo man, so people who don't know. I'm going to put my teeth in and try and do this podcast again. Um, he's having the time of his life, isn't he? he? He is having the most incredible time. And I... I have to keep pinching myself, thinking we're actually talking about Morocco maybe getting to a semi-final next week, and it yeah, doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem seem real at all. And um, he was supposed to come home last last Friday, but obviously we're not going to see him till Monday at the earliest, and um, maybe even oh. until the week after. Yeah. So to be, to be fair, though, in all honesty. Most people who knew about football rated Morocco. It's no shock, is it? I mean, maybe to some people, but I mean, they're they're a talented bunch of lads. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, um, when you look at the makeup of their squad and the clubs that the players play for, Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea, um, the last one, <laughs> um, then the the abilities there. But I I think when the draw was made, you looked at Belgium and Croatia, and you weren't quite sure how that was going to pan out. So I think. There was hope they might qualify, but I don't think there was an expectation that they would get through that group. So to then get on and get get past Spain um, is amazing. How is he, has he been interviewed by many TV stations out there? Um, I think I think he's kind of gravitated towards towards cameras. I've not seen any any interviews with with him yet, but the You're Moroccan fans are quite. Screen, a, he? he was the BBC homepage for the Morocco yes Canada game, I think. Um, uh, I've got a friend out there who's working and filming stuff and he had some footage of him in one of his videos um, but yeah he's he's just I think he must feel like he's in a dream because like I said we didn't expect him there, there was no way at the start of the World Cup we thought he would miss QPR Burnley at the weekend basically that was always the thing yeah, that he was going to get back for and yeah and Belgium were hopeless though I mean they're not the big but this actually to be fair being rude they're not hopeless there's no easy games, as they say, but it's good as well because why can't smaller countries, so-called smaller countries that haven't had a chance for 20 or 30 years, be as good as the big boys, technically, with players? Because football's worldwide now. I mean, as you said, they're playing for decent clubs apart from that one down the road. You know, yeah. and the fact that Cher hasn't had a game yet is, is is a wee bit sad from a QPR point of view, but look at what he's up against that midfield. I mean, it's 
it, to get into that side would be a major achievement for someone like him. Yeah, to to I think for him, unfortunately, that next step is going to have to be when he leaves leaves QPR in the future. Mm. And I, I, I don't, I can't see him breaking into a team unless he's playing at a high level week in week out. Because we all see him, we all know he's got the ability to to fit into a team like that, and his work rate this season especially has been unbelievable so the attitude's there um, but yeah when you're competing against players that play in Serie A or play in the Premier League then then it's going to be hard for him playing at the Championship level and the same with that um, the, the Moroccan lad at Burnley as well yeah, yeah. who's in the squad and not played not played a minute yet he's actually a decent player as well actually in really good player yeah, yeah. The, but for anyone who didn't know Joad came on the podcast and just said he's got a horrible feeling. What did you say again about the weekend? I said the there's positive. part of me that that worries Morocco are going to lose, England are going to lose, and then QPR are going to lose, and it's going to be the worst football weekend of my life, I think. But you never know. On that cue, Jacob, positivity. <laughs> uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I. I... Walker Walker is gonna Walker is gonna own Mbappe. It's it's two uh, one, England. Put in the books. It's happening. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, a, no, that's how I'm waking up at least on Saturday. I've got no skin in the game, but I'm convinced England will win, and I don't know why. I'm usually wrong, but sometimes I'm right. Um, but I think this, France are due a bad game, and I think that could be the one. What do you reckon, Dunstan? I, I, I have my usual QPR head on, which is what's the what's the worst that can happen? And I, I, I look at France. He just said I it. Think, I, I think, well, it, talking specifically about England, France, I think if you look at the, it's not just Mbappe you got to worry about. Rabiot is playing out of his skin. Griezmann's playing out of his skin. Dembele's a threat. I think, you know, when, when you look at, um, Sort of, you know, I think England's. I'm, I'm going to naturally underrate them just because I have that sort of natural sense of pessimism. But I think when you look at France, even with all the players that they've got out missing, you can take out Mbappe, but you're going to have a threat from Griezmann. You're going to have a threat from Rabiot. You're going to have a threat from Dembele. Mm. And I think, you know, I, I'd be really interested to see what Southgate's going to do. Is he going to change up the formation? They're talking about an anti-Mbappe plan. But I think pretty much every coach in the world has an anti-Mbappe plan. It's not just, it's not very easy to enact it. That's the problem. He he is probably the best player at the World Cup. Yeah. And yeah, on, his mean, day, on, on his day, he's, he's a scary proposition. From a bitter Celt's point of view, who's full of bitterness because we haven't been there since 86 and even then we got hammered. Um, I think the role he used Henderson for is important. I think as a wrecker, he's the ideal player. Yeah. Hugely underrated player. He'll do his business, and I, you know why not? You know they haven't unleashed Foden properly yet. It is, yeah, you guys will do it, and they'll be cheering for you all the way, one hundred percent. Anyway, uh, but by the way, good, good shaking of head for a podcast medium there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a Kels. You know what we're like, <laughs> bastards. Um, you I will, I will say up. this. I will say this. I'm holding on. I know the lineup was a different lineup, but my Tunisia squad got France. So that's my that's my ounce of hope that uh, that if Tunisia can get past them, uh, then 
then England can get past them. So to be to be fair though, Jacob, that that was the B team. You had the police from from a low a low at fullback. So you I, know, no, I, I I get it. Although although uh, uh, Griezmann and Mbappe came on for thirty minutes or something. No, I get it. But Tunisia is not England. We're gonna. I think that's, I know, that's, that's, that's better weather in Tunisia. I'd say, Jacob. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's, also, big, that's my open door. That's that's why I've got any ounce of hope. Is is uh, you know, friends. But, but you know what, Jacob? I'm thinking, and I, I kind of like the fact that Maguire could be the player of the tournament as well because he's had some shade. I mean, I, I don't have any time for my United. It's, none of us probably do. Um, but it's nice when people, the boo boys, pick someone and he actually so actually away from that absolute shit show that is Manchester United. He's actually still not a bad player, to be fair. So he's doing all right. So I wish as well. I, th- I think one of the most important players on uh, Saturday is going to be Jordan Pickford, who England Pickford is a very, very different player to Everton Pickford by the look of it. I mean, that, that some of the saves that he's pulled off, are, and, and I genuinely think he's got a chance of winning the Golden Gloves for the whole tournament. He has been on superb form. And I think, you know, if England's going to have to have any chance, he's going to be a damn sight busier than he was in previous games. But he's got to he's got to bring his A game for sure. Can I have a and win? Sorry, when, when you look at the chances that Poland had in the first half against France, if they failed to Harry Kane or they failed to Bellingham, we would take them. I thought at the weekend Poland were unfortunate not to be one in love at half time against France. So they have they have given up given up chances. Um, so yeah. and, and to be fair, Joe. Poland, I mean, despite the fact they got to the, the knockouts, have been abysmal. Awful, yeah. Awful team. Yeah. That's, it's like that's, an awful team with a, with a great striker. They said they had, they had five shots on target in all their previous games in the group and had four shots on target in the first half against France. So Madness. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. Do you know, you can know. I have a whinge before we start talking about the mighty, the beautiful and the wonderful Queen's Park Rangers? I was in the pub last week when you guys are playing. Fun enough for two Scottish people. No agenda. Um, actually, one was supporting England, which was fine. You know. But the that annoys me is that people who watch it in pubs don't know jack shit about football. It doesn't matter who's playing. It could be Northern Ireland, England, Scotland. You know, people who get into tournament football, as I call it, they... Like, like some guy was calling Kino Kino this, you know, make up their own nicknames for players. They clearly don't know anything about the players. Oh, you know, he's he is a marvelous, marvelous player. Oh, yes, I always knew Maguire had it in him. And they're kind of like, you're all mad. And they don't know what they're talking about. And they cheer absolutely everything. And then this bloke was good. Oh, referee, that throw in, he was well offside. And I'm like, I felt like tapping on the shoulder and saying, mate, seriously, here's a rule book. Go outside and come back in again. It's just the whole during the World Cup is all these. Especially celebrity fans as well. They jump on the bandwagon and stuff like Piers, whatever his name is, and stuff like that. Oh, so Piers Morgan has actually been on Fox Sports coverage over here. No. And I have to say, that the interesting thing what you said about the pubs, I don't know what your experience is, Jacob, but over here, and I'm talking specifically about the places I've been in New York City, there has been a real, uh, they're a knowledgeable bunch, actually. Like both the Americans and and the the English. In fact, actually, with the place where we go, football factory, I'm actually quite upset. I'm not going to be there for England France because it would be a fifty fifty split. It wouldn't be like it is in the pubs back mm. home where it's like ninety nine percent to one. And there's a, there's a nice camaraderie. There's um, like a real understanding, a knowledge, and appreciation. And and that that totally surprised me. But then when you get to the media coverage of it, Fox Sports have done a terrible job 
A really, really, there's like a, a late night wrap up with American footballer Chad Ochocinco doing these really odd sketches. It's a bit like the, uh, it's, it, it's a worse version of what James Corden used to do. Oh, God. It's so bad. And it's like, you know what? What's really frustrating, and actually The Guardian did a very interesting piece on, on the coverage, it's just not representative of what football is here now. It's mm. kind of almost representative of, of what people's opinions of football was over here 10, 20 years ago. And, and, and I think that's unfair on, on a country who's going to host it in three and a half years' time. Yeah, but don't forget, in, over here in a lot of pubs as well, what I'm talking about is people who probably don't go to football week in, week out. You find that most football yeah, fans true. who go, who watch it, will look at it and go like, what are you talking about, you fool? But these people don't go. It's like when you see a pub full of, I don't know, a big game like Arsenal-Liverpool, champion decider, blive one decide to come out and watch it. 10% will know what to watch it about. The other just, because you're like literally four stops away, mate. Go and watch it. Go, go be yes. in the why, why are you watching it in Barnet when you could be winning the league in North London, which is five minutes that way? You know, where's question who, who's playing in the red kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, why are they why are they weren't why they weren't the night kit, they won the, yes. you know, the, the second one. I mean, things like that, you know, it's, it's one of them things. Listen, only thing I, I would grab about before we go into QPR is I don't like that night kit, I don't like night kits, I didn't like it when they did the QPR. And I think I don't know why England don't go back to the Admiral style kit, it's a beautiful kit, and I say that as a bit of a twisted. Um, Northern Irish person. I think that Admiral kit was beautiful. It's only Adidas that have actually done anything decent in this whole tournament kit-wise. Uh, Puma, shocking. shocking. The Pumas, oh, the Pumas, the Switzerland one with the name badges in the middle. Morocco one's all right. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, who, who, who makes Morocco's kit? Puma. That, actually, that, that is a nice kit. Pretty nice, yeah. The that white one, nice especially. Kit. The white one I like. I think... George just turned up the piss no chips, I think, tonight. I think he's just, uh, you know. But you must, before we do it, like, I do hope you do it Saturday. I've got to make a point of, of watching both games, but I think Morocco could be the story of the tournament. And there's no need why you should even, I know you're not, but bloody hell, man, what a story. What? Yeah. And if your dad ends up on every flipping, I'd love it as well. Like, and then, you know, when he comes back to Rangers, people will know who he is then. They can't just say, who's the so-and-so in the hat when he winds him up? Um, he went to watch them play in in Seville back in September and um, okay. went to the player's hotel and had, had a coffee with Ilias and Ilias introduced him to, to the new manager who'd only been in charge a month and at the time my dad had no idea who he was so Ilias called him over and then said hi this is Ben from, from QPR shook hands and everything and then the manager left and Ilias said to my dad you do know that's our new manager don't you and my dad was like no and he he ran over to kind of like apologise for like just not really acknowledging who who it was. But yeah. It is a beautiful man though. I mean, I know he like, he's actually a lot quieter than what you think when I've met him and talked to him. Maybe I've just got one quiet days. But when he's doing the rattling for years, I mean, this has been going on. I mean, how long did that be good, the Ridges? I mean, it must be, Jesus, I remember him from way yeah, back. So he's, he, he came to England in the 70s mm-hmm. and then met, met my mum and they lived three streets away from Loftus Road. And that's how we got into it. So ah. since about 76, 77, I think. Oh, um, so he's a, he's a new... Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's amazing yeah. stuff because he, he does love to wind up the away fans. I mean, and then just, I sort of met him, I thought he's going to be quiet. But he's quite quiet, isn't he? He's quite gentle the way he speaks now. I wouldn't no? say quiet. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is quietly spoken and, and okay. his hearing's not bad. So he probably can't hear what you're saying to him. So he just doesn't really respond just... much. <laughs> Probably and with your accent, he might struggle with that as well. 
You're not wrong, but listen, <laughs> it's great to see a QPR. I, I always make a point of trying to spot the... You used to see them when Sweden were playing. Do you remember the World Cups? You used to see the Swedish QPR flags. And obviously, they're yeah. not in it. So I've been trying to watch the... See any, but I haven't seen any. So any Rangers fans who might be watching this, get your frigging flags on TV on Saturday. Come on, we need some more QPR flags. There's always that Beckham image, isn't there? The We Are QPR, which yeah, I think... Yeah, QPR flag. Yeah. Which was better than anything in that World Cup. Right. Actually, Paul, before we move on, I've got a couple of points to make about Morocco. First and foremost, uh, Joe Ed, are we getting eight grand a day for every 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 day that your dad is out there, like we are with him? That'd be nice. I could do with eight grand a day for every day that he's out there. My mum, my mum would let him stay for longer. Ah, you don't know that. She must be missing him. And the rattle. So, secondly, the the one thing um, that I've noticed actually with Ilias, and and it's it's really quite sweet. The last couple of times, like when Morocco got through the group stages and when they uh, won the penalty shootout, every time there's like a, a group celebration, Ilias is right on the fringes trying yeah. to get in, like a little brother whose bigger brother and his mates aren't, they're there, but they're not quite letting him in, but then he gets himself in. It's really sweet, actually. It's I have to say, it's so lovely to see Ilias having what seems to be also the time of his life, even though he's time, not yeah. getting minutes. Because our, what, what worried me was after the AFCON, when he came back and he seemed to have a, not the best time under the old coach, it seems like the new coach has got this lovely spirit going. And even though he's not playing these players, they, they're part of the squad and it feels like they're part of the squad. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed watching the celebrations and... Um, just that sense of togetherness in in the whole squad, and like you said, he's not played played a minute yet, but he seems so involved in in the squad, and the rest of the players are going over to him. So, yeah, I think that's obviously one of the reasons they've got as far as they have as well. Um, so, just yeah, like one more push at the weekend, maybe, and they can make history. So, well, Joe, Joe I've got to say, like watching them, it, I'm getting a very strong sense of Greece in the Euros. The really hard to break down at the back, yeah. can get a goal on the break. They're, you know, it's, it's like what Rodri said about Morocco not bringing it. I thought it was, that was a ridiculous comment because the, the one team that looked the most threatening in that game was Morocco because of their yeah. pace on the break. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, what, what's, I mean, at, throw, throw in the fact you've got, they, it almost feels like they've got a home crowd. It's a home game, game, yeah. As well. Yeah. Like they've definitely got the tools to to basically cause a shock. And, and the, the thing that blows my mind is that in the four and a half games they've played, I'm counting extra time as a half, they've conceded one goal, including the penalty shootout, and that yeah. was the own goal against Canada. Yeah, it was an own goal. Yeah. You just can't score yeah. against you. you know, I, think, I, think, I think the big the big test at the weekend is if Portugal score first or score early, then they've not been behind yet, obviously. So I think... I think that's the, the big concern. If Portugal start quickly and score early like they did against Switzerland, then I'm, I'm not quite sure. But it might open up to someone like Ilias coming on because they've not had to chase chase a game yet. So, yeah. If it's any omen, Joe, like when uh, when Greece won the um, the Euros, they they played, didn't they play Portugal twice and beat them twice 1-0? Yeah, so yeah, in the group in the final, I think. Yeah. I think they beat everyone 1-0, didn't they? They won penalties the rest of them. They would have... I see. I think Morocco's a much better football inside than that. Greek. I know what you I mean it's just a comparison, but as a football inside, um, can we talk about Northern Ireland in the Euros in two thousand? Because I'm getting very upset here. I I used to hate international football. Jacob, what happened to America, mate? Hey, eh? 
as far as I'm concerned, overperformed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting. You know, when Dunstan's talking about <clears throat> being in pubs or, you know, talking to American fans, I, I, I there are very few football fans that I, that uh, here in the, here in the U S that if they are, if they are into the U S men's national team, they know a lot about oh, interesting soccer for us right they can go all the way we don't have a true pyramid right but they can go all the way down to the low you know to to our grassroots levels yeah they all have a team at each one of the at each one of the levels and they can tell you i mean they can tell you everywhere where every one of those guys on the national team is from and it is remarkable how knowledgeable they are and that's the thing when dunson was talking about the fox coverage i'm like who are they who are they trying to do this for? And I mean, if I were, if, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the U.S. men's national team per se, um, in terms of one of those, uh, you know, one of those kind of hardcore uh, uh, soccer head, football heads. But you can say I would, be, I would be absolutely insulted to have Chad Ochocinco uh, anywhere near a broadcast about, uh, you know, it would be I don't know what 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 would even be the Lewis Hamilton talking about QPR. I don't even know what like what would be the equivalent of uh, of of somebody who has no business talking about a sport. Um, but like American fans of the U.S. men's national team absolutely know soccer. And mm. so what's interesting to me is all of them would have said, there's no, like, yeah, we'll get out of the group, maybe. But they were all ec- ec- ecstatic to get out of the group. But then they all want to fire the manager, uh, you know, now that we didn't, you know, now that he didn't advance to the quarterfinals. So it's just, it's just this weird almost like we're excited to be at the dance, but because the hottest girl didn't dance with us, now we're going to just like, you know, the, the whole thing is terrible. Um, mm. I don't know what more they wanted our manager to do. Um, yeah, so, I, 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 I have to say, mate, I, th- I think you're spot on. In, in my chat group with, um, with, with my American friends, there was, I, I, I was talking them off the ledge. It was, and, and I'm sort of talking to them about, you know, you've got, you know, that midfield is great, you know, the, but the thing is, I, I think I, 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 I kind of feel with Beholter, it was a bit like Southgate, where because he's not a name, because he's quite pragmatic and he's trying to 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 play his formation. He's not going to I think part of the problem was to not trying to force Gio Reyna and Pulisic into the same team because mm. actually to the detriment of the central striker, yeah, by all means, you could play a false nine, but actually, is that the best thing to do? I thought Beholter had a good tournament. I, th- I think that midfield, it, it stands up against some of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, they got a bit tired, but then you can bring Aronson on, or you can, you know, I, I think that the, the, the one thing America lacked was a, an out-and-out striker, That's it. And, and their centre-backs were a bit creaky. That is about it. I thought America did extremely well, and without looking ahead for three and a half years' time, when when like we're going to be hosting it, I think there's a lot to look forward to, and I think Bahalter could be the man. I think what you know, if I don't know what American fans want, whether they want an overseas manager and name, I think all you got to do is look at England. It, we've had names, we've had Capello, we've had Ericsson. we've done the best in knockout tournaments with Gareth Southgate. Yeah, and I, think, I, I do think there's some parallels between the way that. American fans are looking at their national team and the way that England were like back in those bad old days when we'd be actually performing under par. Whereas I think, you know, I, I think America did extremely well to get out of that group because I thought Iran were a really good team and really carried good. a really big threat. 
So I think, yeah. you know, j- just, you know, get, getting that win one nil against Iran was fantastic. But I think, ben. you know, I, I do think the media were talking up the idea that America were going to beat the Netherlands. And I think there was that false sense of expectation that, that I think kind of fed into that level of disappointment. But but I think America can be very proud of what they achieved. And that's what I told my friends. And they all told me to do one. So I went back the next day and they all kind of went, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I think the builder, I think you can tell, Jacob, the American squad, he's building, isn't he? He's building for that next World Cup. He's played a lot of youngsters. There's a lot of good players in there. So many will be in Europe as well, which kind of made me, th- I didn't realise, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, it's incredible how football has become. Obviously, because of the rules that have been changed in the Championship, we're not seeing as many overseas players and stuff, but it just shows you how in these top leagues, these kids are being pulled from all over the world to six or seven clubs in Europe. And it's crazy, these scouting networks these people have. And I just hope it doesn't hold them back because... I'm a great believer in if you want to go forward, you've got to start with the club like Rangers and, and, and stuff and, and stick with people who are going to take time and effort in bringing you forward and not going to discard you because someone just didn't like your haircut that day. Which but I think the interesting me, thing, Paul, with it, we, we were talking about the, um, the Moroccan team and where their players are playing. They're playing at, in, in the top five divisions and, and, some, and some really top teams within it. I think you look at America and it's very similar. You've got mm. like McKinney at Juventus, Guest was at Barcelona, now he's at AC. You've got like uh, Aronson and, and Adams now developing at Leeds, having been at the, within the Red Bull system. Aaron, Aronson's a very, it looks like a very, a really, and actually this is where I think Bahalter did well. McKinney clearly didn't have, he wasn't fit enough for 90 minutes a game. And he used Aronson to kind of come in and sort of bring the energy later in games. And, I, and, and that, that's what amazed me about the way that American fans were looking at Bahalter. But actually, I think, he, uh, I don't know if you agree, Jacob, but I think he got his tactics pretty much spot on and used the squad to the best of his, um, to his abilities. Because they were de- America are unlucky. They definitely have players who would normally have started the full 90 minutes, but clearly weren't fit enough to do so. Like yeah. Rayner being one, I think McKinney was another yeah. So, so I think you know, I, I think there's a lot for American fans to look forward to. Certainly, is Rainer got a Geordie accent? Sorry, Macam accent. I don't think he has, but it it'd be interesting. I I I also wonder about Robinson, the the, the fullback of Fulham. He was born in Liverpool. Whether he's got a Scouse accent, I've not heard him talk. But uh, and you know, like an interesting Jan Morby Danish Scouse hybrid. I'd like to to hear the Scouse American hybrid. I think that'd be quite an interesting one. Right, we're going to bring on the QPR at last. Everyone who's listened to it says, especially those who didn't get to World Cups who are just bitter and twisted. Although, to be fair, if Michael O'Neill wins again when he becomes a new manager again after being our old manager, we'll probably build a statue for him just winning the game. That'll be fine for us. Um, talking to managers, oh, I had a look at the betting. Do you know John Terry's 66 to 1, which is more or less just a little bit more than uh, Sean Dyche? Wow. I, I saw, I saw, um... Monday, him and Joey Barton both were both thirty-three to one. That would worry me, George. That yeah. would worry me. That would that'd be. I think it's going to be. It's going to be critically, isn't it? We. I think we're pretty much guaranteed that there's no compensation. Now, here's a moral dilemma for you: is because of what Coventry are going through, am I out of order in thinking? Let's just not go there. Let's not talk to the fella. They've, they've got enough problems. The last thing they need to do is lose a manager. I know it's. I mean, am I being too moralistic? Am I being too much of you and ours? I think I think he was first choice, and I don't think they'll, they'll pay the compensation, which is why it's taken longer than we expected. Okay. <laughs> that's 
and I've I've read from a Coventry fan today that QPR did approach him, but they won't pay what Coventry want. We got so. one point five million for Beal, didn't we? I think yeah, that was yeah. a deal, which is a shame. I mean, Jacob, you're the most positive QPR fan that's ever walked the earth since Joe Hilton. Although I have seen Joe Hilton whinge a few times, I don't blame him. Um, he was talking to me at the time. Um, how did you see the whole saga with Beal, and what's your thoughts on the next person to come in? I, so about a week, a week before the whole thing went down, I was, um, I had a chat with the, uh, the R generation guys mm-hmm. and I, and I was looking back through Twitter, man. I, I have all, I have all kinds of time for Beal. I thought he did. I thought he was the right appointment at the time. I thought he did so much that was good. Um, but the way things went and you know, you're looking in hindsight now, like you with the whole what happened these last five games once he turned Wolverhampton down was was his head already gone? Did he had he lost the locker room at that point? You know, was Clark Salter hurt or he didn't want to play for him? Was Roberts hurt or do you, I don't know? You know, like all of this stuff starts spinning in my brain. Conspiracy theories. I'm glad the guy's gone. I loved his post game speeches. Other people said he was like you know, uh, and I loved Warburton, but his speeches his his post game stuff was was more natural, was more honest, felt like, felt like it was more honest, felt like it was more open. And so I, I bought in, I'm going to, I'm just going to be honest. Like I was, I was like full hooked on the, you know, the, the Beal, he was, he had, he had me reeled in. But when you talk about honesty and loyalty and integrity, and then you turn around and do that, I, I got no time for you. Mm. And um, and I'm glad he's I'm glad he's gone. I don't wish him ill will, uh, but I don't. I'm glad he's not a part of our club anymore because honestly, I'd rather have Ian Holloway. I'd rather ha- I'd rather have guys who like were gonna run through a wall for QPR. Maybe the wrong wall. Maybe do it the wrong way. <clears throat> but I'd rather have guys who who cared about being here, not about guys who cared about being here to springboard to something else as quickly as, as it appears that he cared about it. Well, I think he turned Wills down, went down to Aberdeen, did a deal, probably told the club he was going to be going, and that's why he turned Wills down. Jed, what do you think? Do, 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 do you think the same sort of thing? Or Yeah, I completely agree with what Jacob said. I think when he was appointed and in the first few games, I loved listening to him speak. I completely mm. respected his views. I thought he was honest. I thought he was open. But the point that Jacob made about did the players stop playing for him after the whole Wolves thing, mm. those games, we were really poor, really, really yes. poor. And for things to kind of flip so quickly with the performances and the attitude kind of, I, I, do, I do wonder if there was a lot more to the Wolves thing than, than we ever found out. And like you say, to go to the Aberdeen game and be in the crowd, be in the director's box, there's definitely more to it. And and I, d- I do wonder if Lin- Lyndon Dykes' post on Instagram the following day with yeah. the, the snake the snake lyrics, if that if that was a dig at him and if the players are quite happy um, that, that he's not there. And it seems like the, the videos I've seen this week with Paul Hall in charge, the players look happy, they look relaxed again. So, yeah, I think definitely it was all about him from from the minute he joined really and yeah it'll be interesting now to see who we get in and what the reaction is on, on well, Saturday. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's 
Well, Sunday, because Sunday, busy. yeah, Morocco, yeah. <laughs> you might be busy, mate. That'd be cool. Jesus, can you imagine that at the same time? Jesus, man, you'd be bored. Um, Dunstan, how did, how did you guys see it out there in, in New York? I've always got to say that, by the way. It makes me feel international. <laughs> um, well, before I answer that, Javid, did you see Paul Hall's um, interview after the Livingston game where he, was, where he was talking that he asked the players to have honesty, integrity, uh, you know, show loyalty? I, I thought that was one of the most genius bits of... Um, basically shit houser if you don't mind me saying yeah, that absolutely um, you can say it if you want just um incredible I, I was just like that that's perfect and i think what one of the things the the way that i saw it is very much in line with how everyone sees it and you know one of the things that came out wasn't he speaking with stoke in august or something when they were a point in you know no, he, he yeah. clearly he clearly did not want to be here you know, and, and actually I, I posted on Twitter that even if, if he accept, if he, if he turns down Rangers, get rid of him. He doesn't yeah, want be to post, be yeah. here. And I think what one of the interesting things about that Paul Hall comment, what it shows, I don't think it's just the players that feel that they've been gaslit. It's the it's apparently the families of the players, it's it's the people within the club. It's you know, I think you know, ultimately, and if you look at the way that he talked about Rangers. It was exactly the same nonsense that he came out with when he first came here. And he, I don't believe a damn word the guy says. And, and I, I was very clear. I, I don't really want to see some statement about why he's leaving QPR because it, I don't believe a single word that man says. So as far as I'm concerned, um, thank you for the 1.5 million. Um, our, our next appointment is going to be interesting because I think there's an opportunity cost attached to paying somebody for compensation or whether we use it as a to, to cover the FFP or, or whatever the budget shortfall is for a year or two or whether mm. we invest it in January. So so I think, you know, do, there, there's this guy, Marty Sefuentes, who nobody had heard of outside of Hammerby in Sweden, um, that all of a sudden is, is the, the cool kid pick now on Twitter and everyone's now really upset that apparently he's turning us down. Okay, apparently there's agents involved and compensation involved. And I think for me, the red flag here is agents because we've literally just gone through that with Beal. Because I don't think it was necessarily just Beal. I think obviously with Rangers, he has his relationships, which is why he was up at Aberdeen. But I think his his agent is probably as ambitious as Beal because he probably sees Beal as his meal ticket. Because if, if Beal is ambitious, the agent is obviously going to make a bit of cash out of him. I'd be interested to see how long he's at Glasgow Rangers for if a top six club comes calling or a, a big team in Europe, you know, he's very clearly an ambitious man. Good luck to you. And as an aside, I'm not so sure that that um, the five game run after what he said about Wolves was necessarily the players. I, I just thought tactically, maybe he got found out a little bit. So if he did stay, I, I was quite concerned, like, you know, coming off the back of it, that actually... Is he a one-trick pony? Has he been worked out? And are the players able to, to raise their game? And, and, and I was looking at Beal as, and this, this isn't me as a jilted lover going, well, actually, I, I, I never fancied you anyway. You know, it's none of that. But, but there, I thought there were some like, interesting warning signs. And I, I'm not sure you could necessarily attribute it just to the players knowing that he's off or or, you know, the disruption that was caused. I thought, you know, Mark Robbins being the prime example, I thought tactically got it spot on. So, mm. so, 
So someone like a Robbins, do we go for him and pay compensation or do we pocket that money and go for somebody like Critchley, which seems actually like a bit of a like for like, if truth is told. So I don't know. What do we do? Um, I personally, if it, if it was up to me, I'd, I'd be looking at who's available. I think you've got people like Critchley, who seems like a good fit for where, as a club, we want to go. Or is it someone like Chris Wilder, which, you know, is done very, very well. But look at what happened at Borough. He wasn't getting the players that he wanted. That, to me, feels like we're having to reinvent the wheel a bit there just to get players in for for, for Wilder's tactics and what Wilder wants to do. So maybe the line of least resistance is get Critchley in, you know, back in with a little bit of cash in January to, to bring in who he wants and let's see where we go. It's not a bad show, actually. I think in him as well, he is, well, he is, he, he's, his record's pretty similar to Bill, where he's been, his training, his youth, his development. The fact that Gerard got him into Villa to replace Bill is more or less like for like. So he is, but, and that's not a bad road to go down. I, mean, I think you can't judge anyone until they're in the dugout. You just can't. I mean, you can go for big names all day long, but we know that doesn't work. I mean, forget. I mean, people are talking about Dice and that. We're not, no chance. We have, you know, the money he'll be getting from Burnley, there's no way QPR could um, say, well, we'll pay you this and I'll make up for what you're losing from Burnley because he'll be getting paid. He's waiting for a break. Wilder was good, funny enough, at Northampton, but he had absolutely nothing. Um, Middlesbrough, a bit like Stoke, a bit of a basket case. I don't seem to be able to get their arse into gear and do things the right way. They seem to be throwing themselves down the table rather than up the table at times. It's a tricky one, but what got me, and I said this about Bill at the time, I said it in last week's podcast, is you don't need to bullshit fans. And I don't like that. It's, it's treating us like idiots. It's, 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 you know, if you want to go somewhere else, no one's asked you to stay. Do the best you can. Get as many points as you can. Leave your held, held high. Don't bullshit people. You don't need that, you know, integrity, loyalty, whatever. Just, you don't need, he didn't need to do that. He just needed to say, Wolves wasn't right for me. End the subject. Move on. Don't take football fans for idiots. Let 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 the press do that. That's what they do best. They don't think we've got a flipping brain. And you know, I think I think that's what was more upsetting to many people. So I I get what you're saying about the club as well. I think people inside the club would have felt very very let down because they gave him a chance, loyalty, integrity. He wouldn't have the meaning of it, and that's sad. But we move on, and it's just I, my my concern, um, Joe. I would be kind of like. Will the new man get time? I think he will. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, I think I think the club are definitely they definitely have uh, an ethos in mind now. I don't think a short term mm. fix like Wilder or Dyche they're going to be interested in. I I generally don't think they've even considered it. I think that's why the the youth coach at Man City was was mentioned. Yeah, that was Ryan, a weird one. Ryan Barry Murphy, Anthony Barry at Chelsea was mentioned. So I do think that they see it as they need somebody who's going to build a bit like Beal was planning mm-hmm. on doing. Um, so I think that the long-term vision is there. Like any manager, you you don't know how long you're going to get. I think, I can't remember what, what manager it was, but there, there was a manager that joined somebody in the summer who's now the eighth longest serving manager in the league, I think. Um, so... Uh, I, th- I think it will be Critchley now, and I think it's in the same mould as Bill. I think it's looking at developing what we have, and and I think paying the compensation for somebody else, if it means we get we don't have to sell somebody in January, I think it's worth going for somebody who's not going to cost us any money, rather than paying a million pounds for somebody and having to make that money by selling somebody. Mm, so, good point. But Jacob, do you watch the games? Well, actually, we all do, don't we? Let's be honest with you. Um, over in the States now, though, and you, 
Well, I like the way Blackpool played football. I mean, they, they, they played quite... When we played them last season, they didn't look like a lump it and, 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 and shump it. They, they, they were decent, you know? They played us off the park at times. Yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking it watching our game earlier this year, what if what if we had somebody that played that style with our with our players? Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and and certainly last, you know, last year I was just like gosh, we're we're lucky to be in some I think I can't remember the results, but we're we're lucky to be on the park with them in, in some in some respects. And so I I don't pretend to know you know much about who which manager is better than you know uh than than one other well, none of us do mate to be fair but you know i i do know that if you're paying compensation for somebody in this in this business there is no guaranteed roi so we could we could spend a million pound a million and a half on on uh on uh, on wilder or the guy at coventry like playing nice football and they could come in and you know pardon my you know, whatever, shit the bed. And, and, and we're in the same position we are. And we've spent a million pound on money that we could have, you know, to Dunstan's point, drawn down FFP or maybe gone and, and, you know, you know, been able to spend some, some money in January. I don't know that we're going to do those things either, but to me, if you can get someone who has a proven track record, who has in some ways, at least arguably overperformed with the talent mm-hmm. that they've had on the field, and uh, and um, and it cost you no money. I, you know, I, I know this is a podcast, and I'm shaking my head, but well, you, like this is, do it. As you far can- you know, just do it. As far as I'm concerned, and I guess I will just say this because I'm a little bit confused. And but you know, some people I've I've read some stuff on Twitter about him like jumping ship, and I get it. He still had three years or two years on his contract or whatever. You know, people are are, are you know trying to equate Critchley. I'm like, he left in the summer. I mean, he, he didn't leave Blackpool in a, in a situation where they uh, they were in a lurch. Right. And so that's where I you know, that's where I get confused. I'm like, he, he finished he finished a season. Mm. If he still had years on his contract, good, good for you. But you didn't leave them in a situation the way the same way that 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 Beal, you know, that Beal left us where you got. I don't know. Luckily, we have four weeks. Uh, and then, the, and then the schedule, you know, after Sunday, we've got what another week, and then another few days, and then you know, and then a couple of games, and then there's another international break. So, in I guess in terms of like needing a new manager, we're as lucky as possible that is happening right now. But that's you know, Beal didn't leave with that in mind. So that's my deal. It's like you can throw good money after somebody, and it becomes bad money really quickly. Actually, Jacob, one, one point to make about that actually it could become worse money because, just say, for example, you pay a million for Robbins after six after six months, it doesn't work out. You're paying the rest of his contract out, so yeah. that then becomes it's not yep. just an investment of a million. You could be talking two or three million by the time that yep. contract's out because Robbins ain't walking for a, a one year contract; he's right, walking right. for a three year, right, or something yep. like that. So, so I think that you know to 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 put to put yourself in the shoes of, of the people that are making the decisions at the club. These are all things they've got to consider. Yeah. So it, it's a case of, you know, as we know, there, there's not an inexhaustible like budget for them to play with here. You know, I think we're lucky that there are some good names out there that aren't going to basically co- cost us money. That there are mm-hmm. free agents out yeah. there on the market that, that, that are going to be, 
he even may be willing to take a shorter term contract and that's less risk not just less opportunity cost for the club but it's less risk going forward I mean are we looking for someone with loyalty and integrity then <laughs> I mean I, I, I obviously but but I think that goes two ways as well I mean end of the day the club's got to be loyal to him I mean look at look at yeah. Warburton the, the club was very lucky actually that they didn't pull the trigger and we ended up going on this amazing run across two seasons <laughs> You know, uh, and we ended up being in a. We were able to sell Ezzy under under his tenure. You know, I, I think that there's a lot to like about what Warburton did. And and if we're talking about loyalty and honesty and integrity, there was your man right there who had it in spades, right? You know, that we we were very lucky in that aspect. And I think you know, none of us knew who Bill was really before he was even linked. We know who he is now. And I think what's interesting about you were saying about the press pool. Jamie Mackey, Simon Jordan, um, who else? Ali McCoist have all questioned not the fact that he moved, it's what he said mm-hmm. afterwards. That is where he went massively wrong. Yeah. Uh, you don't want that. You want results in the, on, the, on the park. I mean, Paul Hull's got a, a hard game. Do you know what? When I first heard it, I thought they put Paul Hull, the plumber in charge, that we all know, and I thought I was a bit worried. <laughs> I, mean, um, I know he had plugged the gaps very well, but I was a bit worried about that. And um, Well, we do have a leaky defence, Paul. Hey! Hey! I did I wanna... terrible jokes, Dustin. Don't bring yourself down to my level. It's, it's not a good place to be. You don't want to you, you share this hill with me. It's not a nice hill. But I'm just, it'd be interesting... Do you want to see how the players react on Sunday? If they seem a little bit freer, if they seem a little bit more happier, if they, if you know, because let's face it, we're playing Burnley, who, yeah, the, the top for a reason, aren't they, Joel? I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna, we face the best team in the league, aren't we? Typical Rangers. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's uh, probably in our situation without the manager in charge and that new manager bounce. I think it's the worst possible game. If we I'm don't honest. get managers bounce, we uh, don't get that. No, true. Um, and what was interesting in, is when they played Livingston, there were still three or four key key players missing, and they've been quite coy about the injury situation. So I'm I'm worried that Willis might not be fit. Um, so yeah, I think I think it will be quite a big a big crowd. I'm not quite sure what the atmosphere is going to be like on a Sunday one o'clock kickoff. It's not not a great time. Um, my dad's obviously not there with the rattle and the and the horn, so it's going to be a little bit quieter. Well, that was going to ask me. Are you uh, taking up the reins? No, I think his blue hat is at home. But but yeah. Oh come on, mate! Come no. on. Do, do, do you have a smaller sombrero, like a junior version? No, no, I don't. But um, somebody spoke enough? about getting my son one. But I don't know. I wouldn't. It's too cold <laughs> on on the weekend to wear one of those hats. I need a woolly hat. Um, <laughs> I think I think with with the players' attitude, though, I think I do think we have a group of players where the attitude has been pretty spot on for two or three years now. You can't really fault the efforts. Um, so I think if we can get a point at the weekend, it's great. The run of home games looks quite hard with Burnley, Luton, Sheffield United coming up. So mm. um, it's, it's not on doing... I mean, this league's mad. I mean, you know, listen, we all watch teams. We all think, well, they should be doing well. They... And they bomb, and this team should be doing well, and they, oh, this team should be getting relegated to do well. Luton, fair enough, you know, talk about managers. I mean, they probably got him a little bit quicker than we could have got Forrest Green lad went to Watford. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of there's lots of things in the mix. There's obviously the FA Cup match, the Fleetwood. Why? My God. <laughs> Why? Why? No trains or anything. Jesus. 
um, Cardiff and Bucks today. So it's, it's, listen, this, whoever comes in has got a massive job to do because we've got to keep a level where we don't get dipping. We've got to just stay steady. And I think now we've given up maybe expecting too much just to keep it going and then rebuild again. That's all you can do, I guess. But, you know, as long as we can do it in a, in a manner that takes us forward, you know. I think the team um, selection will be interesting for Sunday because I wonder whether like Balogun, for example, like some of Beal's boys, whether mm. they will start, whether it will go to, say, for example, it will well to, to a Dun and Dickey, for example. Mm. Or, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. Like, you know, the thing is, like, Balogun had an interview this week where he was talking about Rangers and I kind of feel that, I don't know. It's, it's Really? Uh, yeah. And, and, and I kind of feel that, you know, put... If Paul Hall's in charge, then obviously, you know, is he going to play the players that he knows have been hurt the most by it, that have got something to prove? Is, you know, is Balogun going to be like, yeah, well, that's just Mick. You know, it's that sort of thing. Like, I, you know, so I do wonder whether, I mean, this might be a moot point because it could be the only fit bodies we have, like what you were saying about Livingston, where there's three or four out. And, you know, we don't know whether there's like any flu illness or COVID or whether, whether that's the kind of why, why these players aren't playing. Because at the moment, over here, and in fact, I think even in the World Cup, there's there's people coming down with flu. But I know in, in American sport, like, you know, there's all of a sudden you get, two years ago, you had a COVID de- de- designation. Now it's just illness. So we just don't know what, what what's going through teams, right? So, so yeah, it might just be that there's a, a case of you know, get, get your 11 fit bodies on the pitch and away you go. Or is there going to be a case of, okay, I've got some decisions to make. Like, who, who can I rely on? For, for this game against Burnley, which is clearly going to be a challenge. But I do, I, I do think it's fair of um, FIFA and, and Morocco in, indeed to have one QBR, one Burnley player missing. Because it would yeah. be gutting to, to have lost Ilias. They have one of their best players available. Ah, it's a wash, you know, it's a draw. Well, and in, in, all, in all honesty, out of Ilias and Seni coming back, I think we're better off with Seni coming back because... Yeah the backup to him probably isn't quite as good as what we can do with the rest of the squad to cover for Ilias's absence. And he was back like... at training today. I saw there was a yeah. tweet earlier. So yeah, I'm video. like, oh, yeah. God. I've got to be honest with you, lads. I'm a little bit disturbed. We've got three people on the podcast who know about football. This doesn't normally happen. I'm feeling like a spoiled wheel. I mean, you know, because I've never got a clue what I'm talking about. This is good. Um, but I, I've got, you know what? We better wrap the podcast up because um, Dunstan, for those who don't know, is catching a plane to Blighty to come and see the R's on Sunday. You do pick him, don't you, mate? I mean, Jesus. I mean, you know, it was going great for months. And you, you know, you, you know, you were here this summer, and now you're back again. It's, what difference that makes? Uh, well, clearly none. So uh, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, you don't know. I mean. I think right, we'll do predictions. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing the podcast to the wind here because, quite frankly, I've rambled on for too long. That's me. You guys will be fine. Um, Jacob, what you, what, what, what's your thoughts on school predictions? I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ed. If we can get a point, I'll be so happy. Mm. I'll be so happy if we can get a point. Um, You'll but- be seen happy to be fair, mate. Yeah, that's true. But if we can get a point with a goal, if we can if we can score one, I'll be I'll be okay conceding one. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who 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 starts. Mm. Right? Um, but uh, but I I'm gonna go one one. Okay, Jawad. I was gonna go one one as well. Um, 
I'll go. I'll go two one to QPR. See, I think we've improved your mood, mate, because beforehand you were thinking, you know, it's all going to go first. Yep, I'm liking this. Dunstan, what do you reckon? I, I'm I'm going to go nil nil Morocco to go through on penalties. Oh, sorry. Wait, sorry. The QPR game. Right, sorry. Uh, I, I I will go. You'd take that, wouldn't you, George? I think 1-1's one, not a bad shout, actually. I do think, you know, I, the pessimist in me is like 2-1 Burnley. But I, actually, I, th- I think, you know, we, th- this is a chance for the players to to really test themselves. We're, we're normally better against the better teams. We, we, we've done this one before where, you know, it, when you're playing the top of the table team, you go in with zero expectations and you come out with something. So I, I think this could be the case again. It would be extremely QPR to have lost their last home game to the team bottom of the league and then win their next home game against the team top of the league. It would be, yeah, typical. Every season, Joe, Ed. We, we can literally, <laughs> we can check the fixtures now and it's every damn season, right? So, <laughs> very good. But yeah, I, th- I think we'll get something out of this. There's a man that's suffered and he's taken his children after he's been taken. Three generations of people going, do you know what's going to happen at Fleetwood, don't we? Yes, we do, Dad. Don't we, Dad? Yes, we do, son. And that's why we love it. You can change it. I mean, you know, I mean, who wants to support a club that just has a nice, steady season with no hassle, no drama, no nothing? It's pretty boring. Jesus. What's the point? Ooh, yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. yeah, what's the point? There isn't one. <laughs> there isn't one. Now, what's your eyes then, Jacob? Is it something about... Because um, are, are you bringing any students over this year? Um, are you just thinking, oh, after last year, might just book it last minute? No, we're uh, we're going to be teaching the class again December twenty three, January twenty four. So we're we're we got a we got a bit before we come back over. I'm hoping that uh, I'm, I'm I've applied for a, uh, a program that's going to take some sport folks from the United States to Uzbekistan. I did some stuff with the, some in, inbound delegates with uh, basketball players from Uzbekistan. So I'm trying to angle that if I can. If I can leave three or four days before I have to be in Uzbekistan, I've worked it out where I can be at Watford on March 11th uh, at Loftus Road. So that's where I, that's what I'm shooting for uh, to be at the Watford game on March 11th. And then I go to Uzbekistan for two weeks. So, you know, sight unseen um, on the way back maybe, but um so hopefully we'll we'll be at the Arnest Arms again, uh, or maybe closer to the stadium uh, on the on the 11th of March. But my uh, my R's end actually one one of the things that Joe had said earlier about the uh, about appointing a manager uh, made me think about I don't know if it was an article or uh, or an appearance on the pod, but Clive a few years ago was talking about this kind of every every time QPR hires a manager, we get somebody that's a completely different style, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think this is a good opportunity. This is why, from what I understand, this is why I like the Critchley appointment potentially is it's, it is that like for like we, he, he plays a similar style, a similar system. He knows that kind of style, that kind of system. So it's not going to be a radical change for the players. And if this is a sign that QPR is going to look for managers to fit QPR as opposed to hire managers. And then we, we change the whole thing around, then I'm then I'm all for it. Yeah. So that that's that's my R's end. If we can get to a point, and this is you know all, all all credit to Clive, but if we can get to a point where we're hiring managers to manage QPR, 
not changing QPR to the manager, then I'm, I'll be happy. Yeah. So were you, were you planning to go anywhere nice after the Watford game? You can compete with that one, or should we just give him that as a winner? That as a winner. <laughs> what you, what's yours, Oz? That's a great story, by the way, Jacob. That's why I love having you in the podcast. That's brilliant. Um, obviously, on Sunday, Jimmy Dunn is playing against his old team. Burnley. Oh yes. Um, yes. And just a little story about him. When he was at Burnley, um, he befriended a family who um, whose son had been diagnosed with with leukemia. Yeah. And he did so much to help this family, and I happened just to be sitting next to them at the Everton game in the cup last season, and got got talking to the mum and the boy Huey, and we've kept in touch. And I'm not sure if you remember the two boys ran around the pitch before the Cardiff game. Yes. CPR. Um, and just the the support that he's shown that family and what an amazing family they are um, at the moment. They're from Newry, the I think, aren't they? They're from Burnley. Um, oh, Burnley's there's two families that yeah, so. Jimmy's helped. There's one, there's one recently, but the, fam- the family from Burnley couldn't speak highly enough of Jimmy and he's kept in touch with him. And when Huey goes in for chemo, he's been supportive. He messages Huey. Um, so we've got a really good good person on, on our hands and Jimmy Dunn I think everyone knows that anyway but little stories like that kind of really make make you understand what what a top top bloke he is and Huey ran around Wickham Northampton and MK Dons last weekend trying to raise money um for hospitals local to the to the club so just a bit of a shout out to Jimmy and Huey unfortunately because of the train strikes they can't come down to watch him at the weekend but well done yeah yeah that's so a big shout Jimmy, out to Jimmy. Yeah. That's a great shout because he, he does do a lot, and I think he he breaks that mould of of press and everyone just saying football is all fake. They're all self centred mm. today, so that the other. And it is nice when I'm sure ninety percent of players are signs a pound, and he's just proven that, and he's doing it quietly. But yeah, I remember the guy from Newry because I think they actually got a donor from. They got a donor recently for that one, yeah, yeah, yeah which is amazing, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, yeah. so yeah, great guy, and you're right. And he's been on the podcast, and he's absolutely bonkers as well. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a good, good egg. You must have a story about your dad for the R's end, surely. A story about my dad for the R's end. Um, he's befriended quite a lot of QPR players down. Okay. He is, um, really good friends with Joey Francis. Um, oh, okay. Trevor Sinclair, I used to babysit for Trevor Sinclair's son. We used to, for quite a few years, we got got free tickets for every game. Saved us an absolute fortune. Um, yeah, what other stories are there? The hat thing. If you go back on YouTube and you watch QPR v Liverpool from 1990 in the FA Cup, 2-2 at Loftus Road. Yeah, that's when Barnes scored a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, just and before the second good. half starts, the, the camera pans in on my dad. And he's mm. got a baseball cap with a seagull on top and yeah that's the first weird hat that I can remember him wearing at QPR I remember that game well two years ago it was a free kick and we all knew it was going in because yeah yeah, it was one of them when we outplayed them for them but yeah so what, any reason why the seagull on it? no he just he just that's the first weird hat I can, I can remember him wearing and then he had Has a he cheese a wedge what? Yeah. this is 30 this is 32 years ago and then he Jürgen Sommer bought him this cheese wedge hat from America and he ended up on the cover of Kick Up The Arms with this hat on um, years ago. This is like, it was a tram mirror away or something, cold 
November night. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's Mr. QPR, and he's got obviously hooked me. His two grandsons come, and now my son comes as well. So he's kind of built Absolutely. up a whole QPR, a whole QPR family now. So yeah. I've got a bit I'm a huge fan of your dad I don't know him that well I'm not going to claim to but it's just always you know for years and years and years that rattle that hat it's just to watch the way fans sing the same bloody songs week in week out it's like guys be original you know it's like yeah here we go and um, he's been he's been recognised all over the world he's been recognised in Australia in Greece not by QPR fans either by opposition fans that, that you're that guy at QPR that wears the hat yeah, all good-natured. Uh, that's the way it should be. Dunstan, yeah. considering you're flying in a wee while, um, I obviously wish you a safe journey over here. And um, Thank you. Bring two hats. Um, what's your R's end? Um, so, um, yeah, my R's end is kind of... Um, so, the, the World Cup in general is like we, as a fan group, QPR NYC, we've got Americans, we've obviously got the English, we've got um, Irish, so, sorry, we, this... This doesn't involve you. Um, but then we've also got Australians, Moroccans. And, and I think one, one of the really lovely things about being part of an international fan group is, is like just how engaged we all are. Like we're all going crazy for Tom in Australia when, when Australia got through. Like obviously uh, for Ali and, and Morocco, we're all delighted for him. But but I think, you know, just in general, like the, the people, and, and, and this is going to tie into to QBR as well. In terms of the people you meet, we had um, Chrissy Brooks come over, uh, the, the BAS stewardess who does really fa- like fantastic work in Kenya. She came over and joined us for the first England game. Uh, after my uh, RZN, the last time when I gave a shout out to QPR NYC, we had to... Two different QPR fans just randomly turn up, one of which I think you know, Sam Jolliffe, uh, who's now a yeah. univer- who's a Crown Acceptor, now University in Sheffield. Um, we've had um, people find us uh, on, on Twitter. Chris Charles went once. Yeah, we met Chris there a while ago, yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, with this R's end, we also got... To, um, so, basically, just if you're coming to New York City, let us know, because whether there's a game on or not, we're happy to shout you some, th- th- these are our favourite pubs, these are our favourite restaurants, you know, ju- just use us as a resource, you know, we're, we, and, and every person I've met that's come over has just been just generally QPR brilliant, you know what I mean? It, there, there's just definitely something special about Rangers fans, there's something about them. I'll break that mould. We, we, well, Paul, I've met you and I, I, I guess we'll put you to one side because you're more of a presenter rather than a contributor. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no like it, it's been great and, and please people please people come over come visit us we've actually we, we we've grown our member base in the last couple of months as well uh shout out to harry who's come over with work and has just launched himself in um but no it's, it's great and the other two brilliant people that i met um as a result of being part of qpr nyc were liam page from xylo yeah, um, the, yeah. Yeah, so so they they played the Mercury Lounge in New York City. Uh, they invited us to come down and join them. They put one hell of a show on. Um, really? They were then kind enough to ask us uh, to hang around and, and and meet them after. You could not meet two nicer people if you tried. Now the reason I'm bringing this up, 
they are playing a show in London on the 11th of February uh, after the Millwall game. So obviously let the Millwall fans clear out and um, they're playing the Bush Hall. So it's literally around the corner. So there's no excuse for not going. Show, show them show them some support, show them some love because they deserve it. Like they are a brilliant band. They're kind of intelligent pop. Um, they're a good night out. They're good fun and they're Rangers. So go support them. And what are they called again? Xylo, X-Y-L-O. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. You you've met them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, they're they're fantastic people as well. Yeah, she's um, yeah, because massive QPR fans. You know, sometimes my I think it's about COVID. My brain went for a walk, and it's never freaking come home yet. I'm still waiting for it to park up one day in the driveway. I've got a driveway. There you go. There's a start. Um, Yes, very big. And um, he was in what was that band called? Brother, Beaver Brother. It was Beaver Brother, then Brother. Yeah. He was in, actually, before he moved to America, he used to come in for the early podcast and um, just a decent human being. Oh, Lovely. cracking bloke. Honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice fellow, like, and, you know, yeah. And um, it's a shame he went into America because he was good for the podcast for selfish reasons. Is that your NDR as by the way, Dustin, before I talk over everyone? That is it, mate. There's, there's nothing more. Right, my hours end is this. The reason why I've got you two guys from America and I've got yourself, John, is to show that this is an international club. This is a club that has fans everywhere. And I, I, I'm guilty. I apologise to everyone else. I want to do this more often to get more people involved from Australia, from America, from you know, everywhere, just to come over and, and have a chat because we are a worldwide support base and everyone knows the gravy. Everyone knows what they're talking about. And everyone feels the love and the pain. And... Um, I will get to New York one day. I will prove that we have idiots in our fan base by turning up. And um, and everyone that's been has come back, to be fair, um, Dunstan, and just said, wow, just blew away. Even Chris Charles, who doesn't remember a damn thing, thinks he had a great time, but he's not 100% sure. He, he was, had a good time, trust me. It was a wee bit of alcohol. The, 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 the visa bill tells me he had a good time. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, Lord above, Lord <laughs> above. And Jacob does you a bit as well, and... And the story, like, you know, here we are during the World Cup in winter, which is a bit bizarre because as it's going to work the other day, they were playing Christmas songs and then there was a World Cup game going on, which I still can't get my head around. But that's just, but, you know, and seeing your dad at the World Cup, mate, I mean, it's just beautiful, isn't it? It just shows you it's a small world. It's a lot smaller than what you think sometimes. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just now we can move on from Bill. We can get on with getting a new manager in. We could start our season again and um, win the FA Cup match, clearly, and um, have a great January like we always do, and um, finish the season in sixth position when no one's going to expect us to do it. Who knows? But listen, I better wrap this podcast up because I'm talking shade, and that's always a good sign to wrap it up. Jacob, as always, please come on more. I know I, I, I know, I forgot to give you the link tonight until the last minute, which is bad on me, but my head's up my arse at the moment, so I apologise. Um, <laughs> Joe, a brilliant debut, by the way. Brilliant. Thank and you. Don't I appreciate be a and please, no, definitely not. I don't, listen, you're always welcome. I saw you at Watford, but I was pissed. And I said, then I'm getting you in the podcast, <laughs> but I do that a lot. Um, and give your love to your dad for us, please, as well. Yeah, and let we'll him get him on. We'll, we'll get him on in the new year. Definitely. I want the cheese hat. I might put that on a stream with a cheese hat and the, the pigeon. He's still got them. I don't I don't have the cheese hat picture. I'll, f- I'll find the seagull one. I'll send you that one. Just find the hats. But- You've got to stop warning me. God knows where they are. Dynasty, you've got to carry on, mate. I know, I know you're a sensible bloke, but we all need to lose our sensibleness sometimes. Dunstan, you're a great bloke, and thank you so much for coming on. And I'm looking forward to have that beer at the weekend with you, I hope, at some Look point. Look forward to it, mate. That, thank you. That's that's very kind. And actually, what, one, one last thing. Jacob, 
we we need to arrange an American meetup, whether it's in New York or San An. But we we've been talking about that for a while, so we 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 need to get our heads together. Yeah, it's been ha- it's been talked about way too long. It, it it absolutely has to happen. Maybe on my way to uh, to Uzbekistan before London, I can stop in New York. Maybe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Is that not too a bit too close for you, Jacob? Do you know what I mean? When's it like? It's practically down the road when you're traveling. You don't be doing that. <laughs> To get to Uzbekistan, that'd be even better. The whole lot of years have a QPR meet up there. Lord <laughs> above, guys, let's hope we get a win Saturday, Sunday. You got me at it as well. And um, good luck to England in the World Cup as well. And um, hopefully, it's a great weekend through England, Morocco, and QPR. Be amazing. Yep. Thank you, Paul. You're all right. And uh, jo- Joe, Ed, p- please pass our best on to your dad because we, we're loving seeing him out there, man. It's, it's, it, it, it's, say, it's almost like he's almost like a, like a QPR monument yes. out in Qatar. Do you know what I mean? I've I've had the most amazing comments on Twitter from so many QPR fans. So thank you to everyone who's kind of kind of messaged because yeah, he'll be he'll be touched by the comments that that have been have been made by the QPR fans. So yeah, thank you. He deserves it, and well wait in the show. Thank you guys, um, and see you all at the bush on Sunday. Hopefully, apart from you, Jacob, you'll be in incognito somewhere in a beach, probably with speedos on. <laughs> All right, lads, thanks for listening. See you later. Thank you. Cheers.